Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your next installment of Breakfast with Liberal Larry. No, I'm kidding. This is the Crossfire Hurricane. Myself, Sean Ambrosino, with my good buddy, Larry Brandon. Uh, we've known each other for years. We've liked each other for years, except when we bicker on social media back and forth. Oh, I don't, I don't not like you at those times. It's oh, not you, I'll, hey, when I call you boomer and old man, it's a little, it's a little. You're, you're not much younger than me, dude. I know, that's what makes it hilarious. Come on. <laughs> I mean, just, just because you dress like you're 15 doesn't mean uh, that you're not pretty much my age. Come no, on. no, and, that, and that's what I love about it. That's my favorite part about it is I'm not that much younger than you. But no, you I act am. like it, though. You act like it. No, <laughs> I I'll give you that. Like yeah. I'll give you that. You, you Listen, no one's <laughs> ever going to say that you don't think young. You yeah. sure the hell think young. That's a fact. Yeah. Listen, for what it's worth, I would still be wearing my Iron Maiden t-shirt right now, too, but I don't know that I've got any left that fit me. Mine were all like, you know, a little, little smaller back in the day. I've, I've expanded. You know, I'm not I'm not a big raging beast, but, you know, I'm not, not the size I was when I was wearing my Maiden shirts all the time. Ooh, who is? Uh, Cyber- you ever seen them live? No, never seen Maiden live. Oh, dude, such a good show. I, I hear. Five times. Five times. Five times, five times, five times. Um, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about uh, some of the issues that the Democrats want to force through, uh, but are being blocked by certain people. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the elect, uh, actually packing the court, uh, whether or not we should abolish the Electoral College. And if we have time, we're going to talk about uh, making D.C. a statehood. Uh, A lot of stuff going on in D.C., We're going to discuss it, but before we do, do us a favor, like this video, share this video. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel and uh, hit the notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, comment on the video. If you like what we say, if you agree with what we say, if you hate what we say, let us know. Tell us, tell us below. Also, if you're not a member of Freedom Wire, real easy to do. Click on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Uh, there's a link there. Give us your email. We'll start sending information to you that, well, depending on who's watching this, if you're a conservative, you're going to want to read this because it's probably going to be stuff you're not going to read anywhere else because not many people are uh, pushing conservative viewpoints these days. So please oh, become a member. Pushing conservative viewpoints. Stop that. Uh, there is not. Come on. Literally, we're literally we're literally in a in a time like we're already off topic. Ready? Because we're starting this right now. We're all we're already off topic because we're already in a time where Project Veritas gets banned from Twitter over using fake uh, or false Twitter accounts that never happened. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, Project Veritas. Listen, there's a lot of stuff out there that you know, right and left. You know, hard lean. Uh, media companies, just groups that are out there that, you know, put out information. Veritas, I I, honestly, just, just to be blunt, I damn near everything I've ever seen them put out is 75 to 85% BS. I just, it's, it's, it's always, it's, 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 they are the epitome of snippets. They'll, They'll take a snippet, they'll take a cut, they'll take something, and then they try to turn it into something way beyond what all it actually they do is. is all, they do is in, all they do is interview people. And these people talk. That's all they do. These are the people. That, it's not like they are coercing these people into talking. All they're doing is letting them talk. 
And these well, people the are telling the me, truth. The, well, that? they're not always telling the truth. That's unfortunate. But the part that got me is this last one was like in this last burst. You hadn't really heard much about Veritas in the last couple of three months, whatever. And then this little thing that came out here where it was basically they, you know, they got a producer or somebody with CNN basically acknowledging that they had an anti-Trump agenda on their broadcast. Uh, yeah, that they push color. Uh, when well, it, well, like, who the hell didn't know that? <laughs> I mean, do you, do you have eyes there, and ears? <laughs> there are, but Larry, there are a lot of people that be, truly believe CNN is a legitimate news source. Much and like talk, this, and, truly believe Fox News is a legitimate news source. Right, exactly. I understand. It's but not. It's entertainment. Right. It's entertainment 100%, but there are people that believe this. Oh, I know. And, and, and the fact that this was this, you know, like, for example, my grandmother, she tends to believe everything that's on the TV. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and she, not, but my grandmother's not going to see the Project Veritas videos because she doesn't go on the internet. Right. But, right. you know, no, the, fa it. the fact I that they, it. he was banned by Twitter is a little crazy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we, we said this a long time ago without diving too much for off topic here, but it's, I understand their, why they say like with some of these accounts that they banned or shut down that, you know, you're spreading information that is proved disinformation. You're doing it in a subversive way. You're doing it in a way that is dangerous because it can coerce people to take actions because of this misinformation. I know that's the basis of their argument to shut an account down. But that's but not what they used for this one. No, not, not I, in general, though, it's bad. Yeah. I, I know this one you talked about using multiple accounts and stuff like that. And I, I guess to me, it, it just becomes something. Of, where's that line? Where's that line? Listen, I, we've had the discussion. I firmly believe that so much of the rhetoric that Trump was putting forth on Twitter, and it was at his own hands. It's well acknowledged. His, his Twitter was his Twitter, and he did it. He didn't have handlers. He was doing his own thing. Yeah, I do believe that a lot of what he's put out there was very inflammatory and very dangerous. And again, I, I stick to my guns. We don't need to revisit it today, but I think a lot of what happened on the 6th had a lot to do with the things that he had put out there for public consumption. There was a lot of motivation there amongst his, his hardcore faithful. That said, where's, where's the line? Where's the line? I, I, and I don't know what that is. I, you, you don't want to see stuff getting put out there that you know is dangerous and caustic and flammable that can cause bad things to happen. But on the flip side, I don't believe in cutting off people's right or ability to speak or speak their mind or say things. Where's well, that line? Well, I don't know. Yeah, if you're going to here, here's to me where it should be. Well, are you going to fact check or are you going to ban? Don't do both. That's it seems redundant. If you, yeah, I can you see know, that. You can fact check and then and then let let the people make their own uh, call on whether it's uh, on whether it's BS or not, or you I, can I just believe, ban them I, and get rid of the fact checking. I believe that Twitter claimed because Twitter was fact checking for a long time, and you know they were doing they'd have their little disclaimer on stuff that they felt was being stated that was inaccurate and proven inaccurate, whatever it might be. It just didn't seem like it was doing anything. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, we got with this particular situation with Trump, we got to a situation where you had his backers, his hardcore followers, that it didn't matter if you had a fact check. You could have a video of something that was direct sourced that was going against what they wanted to believe was accurate, and it, it didn't matter with that group. And I think that's kind of what Twitter tried to hang their hat on, was to say, look, we can't give this a platform at this point because even with these fact checkers and these little disclaimers, the people that are his target audience, they don't care. 
They, they just don't care. And I think that was kind of their basis for some of that. I'm not saying whether that was the right or wrong approach or not. I, and again, I've got my own misgivings about what that line is. I, I don't know, but I, I, that was their basis that was stated. And it, it, it wasn't one that you could say didn't make any sense because it, I think it did. I mean, I understood where they were coming from with it, but it's a slippery slope. You know, that's a dangerous precedent. I think this is a new record for us getting off topic. We got off topic before we even got on topic. Eight seconds, 10. <laughs> not, even, not even, dude. Maybe. So, <laughs> let's get back on topic. Let's talk about this stuff. Okay, so legislation. And and I laughed the moment I saw who was one of the people putting forth this legislation is uh, Hank Johnson. Yeah. Um. For those that don't remember who Hank Johnson is, he's the guy that thought Guam was going to capsize when more and more people were put on it and it would uh, throw everything on the island. Yellow roots. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I'm talking about this. Anyways, they they put out legislation that uh, they want to add three more members to the Supreme Court. They want to pack the Supreme Court, which is what this is however they they've they've tried to go ahead and spin that and call now they're calling it no we want to unpack the court um as 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 far as conservatism um basically as far as i'm concerned and as uh sure many conservative americans are concerned this is nothing more than a power grab um which is really kind of overstepping boundaries um there really isn't anything in the constitution that says whether or not or you know nine is enough but we've had nine for over 150 years um so it makes no sense to add three more well not three it's four he wanted to add four didn't he i thought they wanted to take it to 13 oh the 13 yeah four sorry i was i was i don't know why i said three because three would give them a deadline you have math skills bro come on yeah what uh is it three or 11 or, or what's 13 no, it'll be 13 12 was it was, yeah 13, 13 was yeah yeah because it has to be it has to be there has to be an imbalance there because sure. uh so um which should be happen for fighting more too as well I, but don't get me started on mma yeah. um so yeah they want to add four more and that would give them an eight to five uh advantage in this in the supreme court uh, liberal leaning towards conservative leaning because there are no actual parties in the uh, Supreme Court, but we know who's who. Yeah, that's and looks, um, looks nice on paper. So, um, yeah, so this is coming through, uh, and luckily and surprisingly, uh, Nancy Pelosi says it's not happening. It's dead on arrival. There's really she's not going to really present this. It's not time. That it's wasn't not, taken. It's, it's not right. time. Well, it's it's not time. That does not mean it's dead. No, and, it's and not the, dead. And, 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 yeah. and listen, coming into this election, coming into this election, you know, and, and you and I had a, a private conversation about this uh, off, off camera directly earlier. Everybody knew this was potentially on the table. Biden was questioned about it during the run up to the election. It was something, you know, Trump brought that up again. It was one of his, it was one of his tactics. That was one of his things to get his voter base motivated to get out there is to save the Supreme court and all the progress that they made. You know, Biden gets in office, they're going to pack the courts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was a big thing. And the question was raised many times. Uh, Biden 
almost universally ducked the question. And I'll, I'll be I'm happy. He, he was to say ducking and weaving. Question. He was oh, ducking it like a champ. He wanted no part of answering that question during the run up to the, to the campaign you know, as they were getting towards election day. He wanted no part of that. And that, that's not, that's not news. We know that now a couple of things to address. A, you are firmly correct. The constitution does not have a stated number of Supreme court justices. It has been nine for quite some time. Um, that that's, that's been the standard. That's been the norm. Got it. Um, Biden himself, while he has yet to say to this day, has yet to say whether he favors or doesn't favor the idea of adding justices to the bench. Uh, he himself has cited the historical presidents and the number in place and things of that nature. Again, he, he's not he, he's not the flaming liberal. He's much more of the moderate. He's much more of the centrist. So to him, don't think for half a minute that he just looks at the notion of, of adding four justices to the court and says, oh, hell yeah. That, that's not where his head's at. That's not how he operates. Now, does he look at it and say, yeah, do we need to maybe take a look at this, adding some justices? No, that this, this proposal that got brought up by your good friend, Hank Johnson, um, 13, you know, that's adding four justices. Well, obviously do the math, you know why. You know, right now, you just are coming off the Trump administration where four conservative justices, or three, I'm sorry, three conservative yeah. justices were added. And uh, during the Trump administration, you know, they've now got a pretty distinct advantage. Mm. Now, one. <laughs> uh, uh, it, 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 and listen, I, I get it. I get it. And well, you know, here's the thing. I, and I will say, let me, I'm pleasantly surprised by what I have seen come out of the Supreme Court in the last several months. Well, yeah. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Right. Like if you look at what, well, I like bottom line is, is Gorsuch isn't a conservative. Like, like Gorsuch if you look a moderate, at really, he, he, he's a right leaning moderate. He's a right. Bar, bar, yeah. And, and if that lean is right, it's barely, it's like, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's barely I, moderate. Um, and you may or may not, you may or may not recall this, but cause you and I weren't, you know, we would engage on social media about some of this stuff, but we didn't have a lot of private conversations in the early stages of the Trump administration. But when Gorsuch came up and was the first of the nominees to be considered and ultimately placed on the bench during the Trump administration, I was very outspoken about the fact that it's like, if if I'm a if I'm a Democrat, I'm pretty happy about Alan Gorsuch. I, yeah, I, I, I like him. I like Gorsuch. He's 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 a good fit. If if you've got a Republican administration putting a justice on the bench. And Gorsuch is the guy that gets put on the bench. If I'm a if I'm a Democrat, I'm pretty happy about yeah. that because he's a pretty moderate guy. He really is. You, you you could have done a lot worse. And the last, and then and then you add Kavanaugh and um, Comey Barrett to the to Kavanaugh the party's like a Democrat, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, or, or he did, you know, as we all did when we were in college and high school. I'm, I'm, I'm um, yeah. And Comey Barrett. And what was like? I've never seen a fervor against two supreme court justices what they did what they did to kavanaugh was disgusting I, i'm gonna say this I'm, i won't go that far but it, it was a hatchet job but i think the problem with kavanaugh was they felt with kavanaugh that this was a guy i think i think the left i mean yeah obviously listen they didn't they could fight it all they want but that that was a wasn't that pretty much a midterm appointment for trump yeah about, a midterm, yeah. about midterm so the reality of it is the Democrats knew deep down that even if they 
won that fight and it wasn't Kavanaugh, it wasn't like they were going to get a liberal judge. No. They weren't getting a liberal judge. That wasn't going to happen. They knew that. So I think with the well, Democrats, and, it, and, and honestly, it was it was lip service because regardless. They couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't do anything about it. Senate, they're, Senate they're had, the, had the. Had the. Yeah. was to expose so much malfeasance on behalf of Kavanaugh that they could take some of the more moderate Republicans in, in the Senate and convince them that, you know what, man? Yeah, we're going to be placing another justice here, but this guy, this guy ain't him. That, that was the pie in the sky hope that they were hoping to see happen. And I will tell you that I firmly believe and from what I've read and seen and everything of that nature, a lot of the Democrats that were leading the charge against Kavanaugh firmly believed this, this was not, they, they knew that there was going to be a Republican justice put on the bench. There was no doubt about that, or conservative justice, I should say, sorry. They knew that was the end game, but they felt very adamantly that the character, experience, and skills of Kavanaugh were, did not measure up, and that was the reason for the fight. But that, that it, means they didn't read anything because his 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 record his record was exemplar exemplary his his the as far as who who he put in like uh the way his uh the way his office operated basically Kavanaugh was the proverbial boy scout what they brought up from high school looking at his high school yearbook asking him what is the magic triangle are you serious you know, it's like, are we? Listen, uh, like, I'm, I'm not defending it. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was like something that, that that they they reached down deep. But I mean, listen. Bottom line, this is this is not this is not your normal job. This is a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, and, and and I look, and he's a young man, by the way. He's a young man. No, no, and yeah. That's part of the, when you take a job like that, and you're putting a person in a position like that with that much power, let's face it, the Supreme Court has the ability to shape. Our, our country, our culture, our society, they have such power if it's wielded to do so many things with their rulings that it's, it's, it's taken seriously as it should be. And I do believe that at the end of the day, there were people that looked at his experience, had questions. The biggest question with Kavanaugh was character. It was character and it was his morals and it was who he was as a person. And is this guy truly fit to be on the bench? They didn't think so. They went after it. They knew it was a, a, a basically a losing fight. They really did. And, and it was what it was. It didn't go down. You know, okay, boom, he's on the bench. And, you know, to, to, to date, there's been nothing. He hasn't done anything all that egregious since he's been on the bench that made me shake my head or anything. It's like, okay, you know, I kind of got what you expected and, out of him thus far. That's and the, the, th the thing is, he's actually sided more with the, with the, uh, with the left on, on certain rulings and, and, yeah, Amy and Amy Comey, Amy, Amy Comey Barrett, same thing. What did they expect? The, the big story with Kavanaugh and Comey Barrett was they were going to reverse RV Wade. They're going to reverse RV Wade. Oh, I think both of them would play a heavy role in reversing Roe versus in reversing. They both Roe said they're not going to touch it. If well, listen, they both said that they're not just going to go attack it. You know, what I mean, that they, they would. I think both. If if someone somehow some way put together the compelling sort of winnable case that they felt from a legal perspective they could get behind ruling against the precedent, then they would because their their personal morals and beliefs do not digest Roe v. Wade very well. And they're not alone on that bench, of course. We know that. But 
to be fair, I, you can read anything I've put out there in the last year, uh, anything I've had to say publicly. I don't, I don't have any real fundamental problem with the way the Supreme Court has handled itself over the last yeah. discernible period of time. Really, I think they've done their job. They've been objective. They've, by and large, they've followed the rule of law. They've followed the letter of the law. They've given reasonable interpretations across the board. Um, the one that I have the biggest problem with, quite frankly, for just being too over the top with his party politics is Thomas. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't, I think Thomas's wife presents a conflict of interest, quite frankly, um, be, because, you know, they're a long married couple, that whole nine yards. And she's, she's got some stances and some views and some alliances that, um, just to be kind are not a good look for a sitting Supreme court justice to have coming from your spouse who likes to put herself out there in the public eye as she does. Um, I'm not a big Clarence Thomas guy, but beyond that, I, I don't black, have any gripes. I think they've done their job. They've been professional. They've been what they're supposed to be. You heard me. Right? Know, Did you hear me? What? So you have a problem with, with Clarence Thomas because he's black, right? <laughs> not hardly <laughs> not hardly i have a problem with clarence thomas because i think he's uh way too extreme and i think he left his ability to uh consistently uh adjudicate based off of letter of the law versus his own personal leanings and beliefs a long time ago i don't, I don't think he's a, i think he is a poorly performing justice uh i'm not not a fan but that's just again personal opinion right you know yeah um but let, let's let's talk about the the legislation itself. Sure. Um, I, I I in the beginning I I said it and and uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on it. I think it's a power grab, nothing more than a power grab. Is it any more of a power grab than it was when they stonewalled Merrick Garland for over a year at the end of the Obama administration? Because the excuse offered up was bogus. It well, was no, no, completely no, bogus, and and the fact that they pushed Comey Barrett through. It, it was the complete contradiction of what they did when Merrick Garland came up. It there's was the complete a, opposite of what they stated. There's a difference between operating within the system and trying to change the rules of the system. I'm not going to argue that, but you know, what was that line that the, that, that McConnell and Graham both liked to echo during the last four years? Elections have consequences. Yeah. Elections well, have no, consequences. no, no. I agree. 100%. But have consequences. there's, 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 something to be said with trying to change the rules going forward um and, and that as happen. far as and i think that's the problem with this whole thing is that it looks like nothing but we want control of everything and i think that's not a good look for the democrat the democratic party it's not a good look for any party to tell you I, the truth it's uh, it's not but you're getting a response to Truly, I, I, it's easy to say you're getting a response to the last four years because that's the easiest thing to put on the radar. But the reality of it is you've had Mitch McConnell truly has been the ultimate power broker in the Senate now for what, 10, 12 years? Well, Mitch McConnell is... I don't know, maybe more. Like anybody that doesn't... Like I've never been a Mitch McConnell fan. He is... He I is a... He is the... Horrendous hypocrite. No, he is the uh, epitome of career politician that will oh. he will he will glad hand whoever can give him the most stuff 
and but, and but if he was still around to do it, Strom, Strom Thurmond would tip his cap to Mitch McConnell and say, let, "Well done, son." <laughs> yeah, he he's a Mitch McConnell is is, is a, to me he's a cancer, and, and and as is any career politician, as is uh, Pelosi, as is Schumer, as is Jerry Nadler. All these people, um, all these people that this has been their entire thing, um, yeah. and, and and will flip flop depending on what's going on. So I've never been a Mitch McConnell fan. I do like Lindsey Graham. And I actually, on our last podcast, you know, everybody, like, it's it's funny what you see come out of the left uh, when it comes to Lindsey Graham. A lot of them, like, call him gay, tell him to just come out of the closet, all this stuff that if it came out of the right, it would, it would get decried and and you're a bigot and all this stuff but when it comes from the left oh it's totally okay well you know you know i will i will say i will say um but here's the thing i hope he is gay and i hope he does come out of the closet because it would be great to have that on our side i do i I, listen i think there's probably pretty compelling evidence and and the thought within the dc corridor is that Lindsay is gay I, i i think that's probably the truth um, and that's okay. I who cares? Who cares? Yeah. And to be fair, I have seen on social media frequently that once in a while, when you'll see someone, you know, and it's, it's had a couple of periods of time where that topic has come up and been a hot topic on Twitter and social media and things like that. Where oh, you know, calling out Lindsey Graham, Lady G. What was it, Lady G? They yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that kind of stuff, and that becomes a thing. And you see people from the left start pushing that like it's an in your face. And you'll see a lot of people from the left that are consistent commentators on social media that'll come and say, "Hey, dude, stop! Now that that's that's out of bounds. That's you're, you're you're no better than the people that we would typically criticize for doing something like that because it's Lindsey Graham. That doesn't make it okay. You know, stop. Enough. Who cares? My problem with Lindsey Graham is just that he. I've said this before. It's he did such a flip flop, such a 180 from his stances with Trump and and quite frankly with other things, too. You know, there's there's he is he's again, he's kind of in that Biden cloth that uh, John McClain cloth, John McCain cloth, uh, cloth, noted deal makers, noted guys that could sit down with anybody from any side of the party, reach across the aisle, make things happen. Lindsay has taken a much different approach over the last five years or so. He really reversed his, and listen, the stuff with Trump, spin it, paint it however you want to. Bottom line, I mean, he called the guy just the, the epitome of evil, the devil incarnate and everything in between, consistent, consistent, consistent. And then when he won, he went from that to being his biggest cheerleader and apologist. Yeah. Well, it was what it was. It's planned politics. We know that's how it works there historically i'm with you i have historically liked lindsey graham i've respected lindsey graham i've lost some respect for mr graham in recent years uh, I, I feel like his uh, lack of a spine has been a bit telling um yeah so, you, know, you know what though here's the thing trump changed everything um and i think yeah. it's going to change everything <laughs> yeah, <he did. laughs> i think it's going to change everything going forward because i think trump helped conservatives locate their balls um he did but it's a little misguided unfortunately well depending on depending depending um there was if there's one thing about standing up for yourself and your beliefs and i'm okay with that i really am and and even on hot button topics 
where your beliefs don't jibe with what is considered to be acceptable in certain circles, okay? But there's a way to stand up for your beliefs that doesn't involve anger and belittling and just this in your face confronting, you know, screw you, getting into, and, and listen, I'm trying to tap dance around it without just flat out calling it out, but you, I, you and I both reside in the South. There are a lot of uh, these newly discovered balls that have uh, emerged from a lot of Southern Trump supporters in particular that um, have been a bit misguided with their uh, outpouring of verbiage and efforts at times. You know, common good, common decency, reasonable levels of respect just as human beings. There's a lot of people who have taken this amped up, thump your chest, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm loud and proud, and they've taken it to another level to where it's not okay. It's just not okay. You can't do and say some of the things that these emboldened folks have done and said. It's wrong. And, you know, yeah, good. Defend yourself, uh, speak up for yourself, uh, espouse your beliefs, all those things. But it doesn't have to involve that next level, angry, personal, racist sort of behavior that we've seen entirely too much of. I, see, I honestly see more racism from the left. I disagree vehemently. I see. I, I and see. Again, we can't go down that route because yeah. we'll be here till tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But another, but, another show, another time. But I couldn't disagree more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and 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 it's and it's wrapped in the arms of compassion. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's and racism it, wrapped up in in compassion. That's what makes it dangerous to me. Um, I can see that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because yeah, we we might need to do a whole topic on on dog whistles and I'd love all, to. all those love things to. because love it's fun it's funny topic. how the people that talk about dog whistles hear the dog whistles um True. and a lot of the people that they say would hear it don't hear it so it, um that is a good topic for another day um but let's we'll stay on topic let um let's move on to uh the abolition of the uh, abolishment abolition the abolishment of the electoral college. Okay. Um, this is something that's been batted around for years, but it's something that has never really taken root. And that's because of the fact that we are a Republic. We are a federated Republic where every segment of the population should get a voice. And that means, <coughs> that means what is popular what is, um, you know, gaining the most ground does not rule the, the uh, you know, the, the direction the country goes. Um, right. That's, uh, you know, and mob rules is not always right. Um, and that's, nope. and, and that's why the electoral college was established because most of our, I, I can't remember, I, I want to say it's like, 70 60 to 70 percent of america lives on the coasts they're either west yeah, coast or east coast it's and i think it's 60 65 percent and it's a, yeah it's a big it, chunk. yeah it's a big chunk it's on the coast. the coast yeah for sure and that's why we call them the flyover states right it's from coast to coast you go right you know that's where everything is um however those states and those people deserve representation 
Those people deserve to have their voices heard. And the living in those states is much different than those coastal areas. Getting rid of the... What's that? I will disagree with yeah. that, yeah. Um, and there are, and there, arguably, some of those states are some of the most... Oh, there's our timer. <laughs> we... <laughs> Just, I, One topic down. Anyways, um, pimp down, pimp down. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, arguably those middle states could be considered the most important. Those are our food producing states. Those are the states that keep America going. Um, by abolishing the electoral college, basically no politician no no federal you know looking for federal office no politician would ever have to visit iowa no no politician would ever have to visit nebraska if yeah. there's no reason to to visit these places and campaign and think of the needs of everybody if it's mob rules and and that's you, to me just, that last part you made was by far the most compelling argument of everything you just talked about in summation was the fact that what happens in, in a situation with the abolishment of the electoral college, you eliminate that influence that places like Iowa and places like Nebraska and places like Kansas and, and on and on and on. You eliminate the influence that they have in the election and you allow these candidates to basically focus on urban centers, coastal regions, and that to me by far, much more so than anything else you've said, is the thing that would give me the biggest cause for pause in regards to getting rid of the electoral college. You hate to see it to where we get to a situation to where they, states upon states, Lose populations, populations have no real legitimate deciding voice or influence. I too would agree with you that I don't wanna see that be the case. Now. With that said, we can't have a situation where at, at the end of the day, I think you can acknowledge, and most, most people that are even a little bit objective-minded can, the bulk of our population is probably more liberal than conservative, as far as just sheer numbers, not talking about states, regions, any of that, just the bulk of our population, person for person, if we just took the popular vote on a year in year out basis in national elections, obviously state elections are still their own animal. If a state's conservative, their representation is still gonna be conservative and that's, it is what it is. But on a national election, yeah, listen, you and I both know that the abolition of the electoral college would probably be the death knell for most conservatives in regards to national elections in the big picture. It would be very difficult for them. It really would. Um, by the you way, rank- that would have that would not have been the case in the eighties. Uh, no, it wouldn't. But it's a changing population, and quite frankly, let's let's just call it what it is. You've got a growing minority population between the uh, black and Hispanic cultures, and you know the the, the various different uh, nationalities that make up those population bases. They've grown. Uh, there, there's a, a, a much. That's a, think, but you're assuming that they, those are all liberals. Most of them are. And you and I both know that's the case. Most of them are. Not all. Not all. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying all. Well, not but in I, general, t- no, the black vote typically goes Democrat. Most of the Latino vote typically goes Democrat. Yes, we all know. God, we're down here in Florida. 
they did a great job down in Miami and they spun that Cuban vote, the very specific Cuban vote. So yeah, there, there's pockets of populations, but in general, that's, those are minority voting bases in general. There's some exception, but the reality of it is, you know, the, the reason that the conservatives are adamant about maintaining the electoral college and not letting it go away is because they understand that from a national election perspective, to remove the electoral college would be a huge, huge impediment toward the Republicans gaining the White House ever again. Yeah, for it sure. Very, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, well, at least, at least, again, at least right now during this cycle, and I don't know how big the cycles are, but the country has gone from conservative to liberal to conservative to liberal to conservative to liberal many yeah. times. But it's done so with a primarily white population. And what's happened is that now you've seen that population diversify pretty greatly, much more so than in years past, of course. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and, and that, that I do believe ultimately is going to have a, an effect to where from a national perspective in particular, I think it's going to maintain a more of a more of a liberal lean in the coming years for probably a longer stretch than we've seen previously. As yeah, I agree. Things. I agree. 100%. That's what you're and, looking at. So but, it's, and, it's something that has to be considered. Listen, I, I, it, 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 it grinds my gears when you see an election won by someone who lost the popular vote by three, four, five million votes. I, I hate to see that, you know, because that's not the voice of the people. That's not the will of the people as a whole, but I understand the necessity. I, I have been someone, you know, you, know, you, you like to call me liberal there. I'm you know, like I'm more like moderate man. Uh, <laughs> I I I'm not I'm not someone who's stumping. I'm not I'm not someone who's pounding the stump for the removal of the electoral college. I've got my qualms with it. I do think that a case can be made that it's an outdated system. Maybe it needs to be tweaked. Maybe it needs to be revised. I don't have the answers as to what that should be. I really don't. But I don't want to see the voice of the heartland completely removed. Right. I don't, you can't, don't, you can't have a spot where they truly have no influence or legitimate say over the governing of our country. I, yeah. So to me, mob rules, no, I, I don't think that's the right answer. But I also think that we maybe at times with the way that the electoral college is set up and with the way that the population bases are, I do think sometimes the electoral college maybe too heavily counterbalances that proverbial rule of the people you know um, what i mean i i don't i don't think it has i don't think that's been the case traditionally um it, it has come into effect like again no conservative that's won the uh presidency in the last since uh since you know well i guess since the millennium yeah. has had uh has has won the popular vote um no no they haven't it's been a long i think time. i think bush was the uh, bush or actually bush senior may have not won the popular vote either i i think he did actually, he might have i don't yeah he was coming off they were coming off those salad years with with reagan and 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 you know where the things most, were the most noteworthy bush too was the one where i went gore got him by three million in the popular vote two three million i don't remember exactly well gore gore got yeah and then but gore was this close to winning yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, Florida. it was, 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 was hanging hang chads in Florida. You know, those, yeah. those, those things were real. Yeah, no, it was close. It was close. So but, it, it's and I know, voted for Gore. That's the that's what's that's that's hilarious. 
Is my first my first so I voted for Trump and Gore were not all that horribly dissimilar, quite yeah. frankly. I mean not Trump, I'm mean, uh, sorry, Bush and Gore. Bush, Bush, and, Gore. Bush and Gore. Yeah. Uh, Bush you and know, Gore were not I was I was I was Clinton twice. I was Gore. Yeah. I the only the only time I ever voted red was Bush second year. Um or second term because of uh because we're in the middle, we're still fighting terrorists in the Middle East. Yeah. Um so you know I was I wasn't going to not let him finish the job. I, we, a power transition would not have been a good thing. I think at that time, probably not. Um, I, I, I voted. I voted for Obama. You know, I like these things. I here's the problem, Larry, and, and I don't know if the, it's a problem, but here's I think my biggest stick. My biggest stick when it comes to this stuff is I know how these people think because I was one of them. These people, these you people. people. Yes, you people. <laughs> I know how I know how these liberals and progressives think. Um, yeah. As as early as I mean, or as late as 2010, 2011, you know, I was all about. I was like, I don't see anything wrong with socialism. I, I think it's a good thing. That was less than a decade ago. But I I, I educated myself. I learned a lot more. Um, and I have those ideologies. I remember having those ideologies. And I remember thinking I was in the right because I was doing it to help the people. But I wasn't looking. I was looking at it too myopically and not looking at the big picture as to what the consequences would be going forward. Uh, I, I, I didn't pay attention to what socialism had done to other countries. You know, it, it's, it's, it's yeah, things like I, that. That. I hear you. I hear you. So but it's I think like, when, you, when you say educated myself, I think that there's, there's an implication that comes with using that term educated. And typically, if you hear that someone is either proclaimed to be educated or professes themselves to be educated, there's usually an implication that what they have gained is 100% factually proven information and knowledge. And they have now taken that in. They've read, they've listened, they've learned, they've heard, they've absorbed, yada, yada. Okay, got it. It's not always the case. And I think, you know, listen, like with anything, it's perspective. You just said something a second ago about, you know, I didn't consider the long-term ramifications. I thought, you know, I thought that my vote was helping people because this was about, you know, trying to help people. And that's what my thought process was. And I didn't think about the long-term ramifications. It's interesting you say that because immediately the first thing that comes to my mind, as soon as you say that, my biggest beef certainly much more so within the Trump administration than any conservative administration that's been around in my lifetime that and during my time of being politically active. Okay. Uh, I look at the Trump administration and so many of the moves they made, whether they were environmental or business-based and oftentimes those things tended to cross pollinate. They, they, they tended to interject with each other quite a bit during that Trump administration. They were short-sighted and that was my biggest beef with a lot of them. You'd have never heard me disputing the fact that some of the moves that they were making were certainly going to be good for business in the immediacy. Absolutely, they were. But unfortunately, what we ran into was a president at, in Trump who had a very short-term view because he thinks like a businessman. And for him, it's about the kill. It's about you get to where you need, you win that fight, and then you move on. Well, National and global politics don't, unfortunately, always work in that tidy way like it does in the business world. And this is one of the primary reasons why 
the proverbial businessman running the business affairs of our country, it really hasn't come to fruition and worked out the way everyone would have liked for it to have worked out in previous times. The business, I, I, our, our economy says different. It, well, but again, we've had this economy talk. Uh, the, the, the people that are hardcore right, Trump supporters, whatever, conservatives, Trump didn't inherit a bad economy. Trump inherited a growing economy. Maybe should have been growing faster than it was. We've all we've had that discussion. We yeah. all agree. But he didn't inherit a bad economy. He inherited a growing economy and he it continued along. And in many cases throughout his four years, it grew very, very well and did very well and produced well. All those things. Nobody's disputing that, at least anyone that's objective. But the problem with it is it can't just be about the short term game. There's can you, got can you can you point to one thing that that you think uh, uh, was a, a, a short term view where we started really there was and I can't I, I'm sorry I'm not sitting there with papers in front of me to do it right, because right. This wasn't what we were supposed to be talking about but there were quantitative times where environmental protections were rolled back in the name of opening that door for various businesses many times the oil industry in many cases it was there but it was others as well to allow them to prosper right now and again I understand the business perspective of it but a lot of times there's a bigger picture at place. The, the element of that is something that has to be considered. I think with, you know, Trump made a lot of moves when it came to uh, things he put forth in regards to people we do business with across the globe. Some of the tariffs, some of the plans with that. Uh, relations, how he went about dealing with other countries. It was a very short-sighted view. So to me, it's like, I, I get what you're saying. You're talking about, you look at your support of the left in years past, thinking that you were doing good, but then looking at it in the aftermath saying, you know, with the big picture, the long-term view of this is not so good. I get that. But that was my objection. And I think a lot of Democrats' objections and people that were leaning left are just against Trump, what he was doing. And the reason for it was because so much of his agenda was very short-sighted. It was very immediate here and now without much regard for 10, 20, 30 years down the road and beyond that kind of thing. That was one of the biggest problems with that. It's not to say that there wasn't effectiveness in a lot of what was put forth. It's to say that it was done so with a very short term view in many cases. So I hear what you're saying yeah. and I don't disagree with you, but it, it's not, that's not a one way street. Yeah. I, I, and again, you know, I would have to, we won't know if what he did was short-sighted or not. Um, that's not something we can we can actually make a call on yet. Um, we can't make a call on the end results because we don't know what the end results are we gonna don't, be. Right, right. But, but, um, but the reality of it is, the reality of it is, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, there, there were, you know, even something as simple as, and I, I don't have a bill number or something like that, but I mean, you know, removing protections of hunting certain animals in the in, in, in Alaska you know I mean certain uh, you know, bears certain stuff like that that were protected removed why why yeah I'd, I'd you, have to I'd have to see it um and again I can't yeah. I can't cite the bill verbatim yeah. but I remember many times seeing stuff like that where protections of that nature were removed and you just want to look at it and go why dude why because you're because your buddies with billions are your 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 your, your rich friends want to be able to go up and go hunt Kodiak bears up in Alaska unprotected. So you went ahead and removed protections on Kodiak bears. Why? What did that benefit anyone? Well, there, there is a Kodiak. There is a bear season up there. I, there are, there, I, or there I know, was. But again, I don't know yet, but I guess, I guess we went that, up on a minutia. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, it's funny. A lot of the environmental things, you know, people, people were, 
um, were on Trump about as far as like the some of the industrial uh, environmental uh, handcuffs that he rolled back, but it didn't have an effect. Uh, our, our air and water are cleaner now than they were before he well, took office. Like, like you're saying, how do we discernibly note that in a less than four year span when those things got put in place in some cases, you know, one year, two years into his administration, not going to be fully enacted for another year. We don't know. We don't. Yeah, well, but, I mean, well, the thing, the thing is, is, is technology. See, the thing is, is, is what I've noticed about the left and the right is, is the left, like while they say they want you to follow the science, they tend not to put faith in technology and the advancement of technology. They're too emotional. They're too emotional. Yes. Most of, your, most of your hardcore lefties are too emotional. They believe what they're saying. They really yeah. want you to follow the science. They want you to put faith in the science and believe that the stuff we're hearing about the environment or the stuff that we're hearing about public health or whatever it may be, they genuinely do advocate, trust the science as they should. That's fine but they get too emotional. Yeah. And they, and they forget that, that we are advancing. And, and as we advance, we come up with new technology that makes things cleaner, better, um, sure. and, and, and more efficient. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that's, that was one of my biggest awakenings when it came to uh, ditching liberalism for conservatism as liberals answer 90% of the time tends to be, okay, let's get rid of it. Let's just 86 it. Um, well, but conversely, the, the conservative, and, and, and I don't disagree with you, by the way. Yeah. The, the, the liberals, far too often, their answer to something that they don't like or agree with is to eliminate or remove it. That's almost, all, not almost always, right. but that's a frequent answer. But on the flip side, the conservative answer or response or stance in many, many cases is they don't want to change, eliminate, remove, alter, adjust because something's been that way for a long time and why do we need to well, change it? No, a lot of the time, well, yes and no. What the, what the right tends to do is say, look, we don't have to take anything away. Let, let the free market figure it out. Let the free market do what it's supposed to do and come up with the solutions that'll, that will fix things. You're right. But if we take things like energy, which is the ultimate free market right now, because it's such a hot topic and has been for years. I mean, the, the right. energy is not this is not a new thing. Um, but so what I'm talking about is stuff like where I've got my, you know, conservative buddies that I love dearly, but they just bristle at the notion of really hard pushing on alternative energy, which the free market, by the way, has already decided is a thing. And it's no, no, working. No diligently and fervently toward the development of additional and betterment of right. free, of, of green resources. So, we, you know, we all acknowledge, again, anyone that's objective can acknowledge it. That's a thing. That's real. But you get people that don't want, you know, their, their whole take is you're going to kill my industry. I got, and I, and I can cite it directly. I got people boating, boating, fishing, people in those industries that just are appalled and aghast at the notion of all this kind of, you know, we're trying to develop other sources other than fossil fuels, all this and this, that. Listen, no one's trying to make the boating or the fishing industries go away. We all understand that a lot of the products that are in the, that world are not only just for fuel sources, but for product development themselves, we need oil and petroleum and all these sorts of things. And, and I think products. we get it. So the point is, 
while it's a threat and it makes you uncomfortable, and I get that, you know, number one, no one is advocating that we stop making boats and fishing and doing all those things. No one's saying make those go away. They're saying, let's start to put time into developing renewable fuel sources for that industry. And quite frankly, for those pieces and parts and, and, and products that are a part of that world that need petroleum, that need oil to make those products, well, guess what? If we're not having to utilize so much of that to fuel the said boats and vessels and whatnot, then that's more of that that's available ultimately for those products as need be. And we know that there is a shelf life to, to oil, to petroleum, all that kind of stuff. Now, the, 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 the alarmists that want to tell us that in 10 years, we're not going to have any oil. No, stop. That's not, that's not accurate. That's not even close. So stop. Don't do that. Well, here's, here's what the problem is, Larry. And where, where the people I talk to and the people that I, you know, it's not about the energy source itself. It's about the regulation of it's the forcing of these, the, like, like for instance, California's uh, Newsom put in that no, no gas car sales uh, by, by 2030 for the entire state. Yeah. Now it's one thing to have a goal to -hmm. say, I would like to be at, you know, where, where the tech, the bottom line is the technology isn't there yet for us to make the conversion bottom line. It's not, but like you're talking about the free market economy, He's putting that in place for a hard, in the, you know, line in the sand, hard target to shoot for. You and I both know, first off, Gavin Newsom will not be the governor of California in 2030 or anywhere close to that, most likely. He might not be. <laughs> might not be next week. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that recall going on, so we'll see what happens. I, I think that's going to work, but let, we all know he's on shaky ground. <laughs> yeah. But, but my point is, you can pass something like that. You can put something like that in place. But the reality of it is, like you said, the free market is going to dictate what right. is or is not. And the reality of it is, I think most people look at that and understand, we likely will not be in a place by 2030 to where that can be in place. And that will have to be altered and adjusted. Because at the end of the day, right. don't stop the world because somebody put in legislation 10 years ago. Yeah, you, you, but you can't force innovation. Like there, it, it's no, not you can force innovation. You can, you can, I you don't can know. Spur, you can how, how spur you... innovation. You can spur innovation. You, you, you can, can help sp- move it forward. You can help facilitate. Hey, but that dude, project warp speed, project warp speed is a great example of this. No one really thought when that first started getting pushed that there was a snowball's chance in hell that they could get a vaccine out in that rapid of a fashion that would be ready for public consumption that quick. I'll give Trump this. He, cleared the hurdles as far as regulatory stuff to allow that to develop faster and push through and allow them to fast track these vaccines, that kind of stuff. And he's got to be given credit for that. I don't like a lot of what he did with his response to COVID, but that one piece of it, give the man his due. You know, he and his administration cleared the path yeah. for that to happen. That was the spurring on of development or technology or science by necessity. And that's kind of what Newsom's trying to do in California. Right. And, and, and I'm, that's how, you know, and I understand that, but I'm saying the batteries are batteries and they, there's, and they're being bettered all the time. They're being they're bettered being all the time, all but the you time. cannot, you cannot ask people like, or, you know, you, you can't, and, and by people, I mean, scientists. Right. 
to hurry what they can't really, you know, they're, it's not like they're not trying to push this stuff. Do you know what I'm no, saying? It's not like they, it's not like they want to be last in line in innovation. Everybody wants to be first. Of course, when it do. comes but to I, innovation, I do think I do think that when there are incentives involved, you and I both know this. This goes with everything. When well, that, there are that, and 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 that's what I say. My my theory and most conservatives' theory is, okay, push innovation, but you cannot also uh, stop something that isn't ready to be stopped yet. And and yeah. and, and and the left right now, as far as their environmental policies are, and wow, we're, we got real off topic. But as far as the less environmental policies is, we need this now. We need this today. We we have we have people like AOC saying we have twelve more years, which is exactly what you know Al Gore said in two thousand and six. Um, you know, it's like they for some reason twelve years seems to be the magic number, and I don't know what it is about twelve years. Three terms. Three terms. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's like no, we cannot stop this now because we don't have the ability conservatives are not anti-renewable energy we've never been anti-renewable energy i think most are not i agree what we are is anti anti stop something for something else when it's not ready the free market will tell us when when we're ready don't i just think take it with a grain of salt though because the thing is listen there are those that would tell you that they think by 2025, we should be not relying on fossil fuels or something. And that's just stupid because it's not feasible. It's not possible. It's we're not there and we're not going to be there. We won't be there by 2030. We probably won't be fully there by 2040. If you want to get down to brass tacks, I don't think we'll be there by 2050 to tell you the truth. Will it be light years better than it is now? Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Good chance. Real good chance. And we may very well, be able to be far more reliant, almost almost a majority reliant in the next 15, 20, 30 years. I, there's probably a real high likelihood of that. My whole thing is, is listen, I get it. And I, I'm with you. Don't try to push to eliminate something before it's time to eliminate it because we need it and it's a necessity for us to function in a normal capacity. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be putting some benchmarks out there, some goals, some targets. And sometimes even if they're a little overly aggressive or overly assertive, that's okay because they can be changed. The reality of it is the market is going to dictate what we do or don't need or what we have or don't have. So at the end of the day, Gavin Newsom can put a 2030 deadline on, hey, we're not selling gas-fueled cars in California after 2030. Sounds good. Admirable goal. Great. And if the technology and the development of it allowed for that to happen by 2030, awesome. But it has to be done in a fashion where we're not disrupting the world. Now, let me ask you, here's what I think is a better approach to that. I would like California to not be gas powered by, you know, no no, uh, fuel or uh, combustible fuel powered vehicles by 2030. I will incentivize any car dealership that chooses to not sell uh, gas-powered cars by giving them tax breaks, by giving them this, by giving them that. Again, yep. it's, a, it's it's with the left, it's about taking away instead of adding. There are ways to add things that will push innovation better, I believe. I don't and, disagree with that. And, and, and what you do by making a statement like that is you put people on the defensive. 
you've got every car dealer in in California right now going, oh man, oh man, what am I gonna do? Ten years, like what? When you get to our age, you realize how short ten years is. Yeah, you, very short. Like, we, like we go, oh wait a second, that does not take ten years is a blink of an eye now. So yeah. it's like there's just there's just ways about it. But I have a I have a conspiracy theory. If you want to put on a tinfoil hat, real quick about about cars. Um, tinfoil hat time. <laughs> I think there's a reason why all of a sudden the government is revealing all the interactions with UFOs. Okay. I think we're going to start seeing more alien technology uh, come out. Could and, be. and, 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 and we could, we'll see it innovative. What's that? They're setting the table, huh? I think they're setting the table. Um, it's, it, that's it's, not implausible. <laughs> right. Right. And it's not, it's not like a crazy, it's not a crazy conspiracy theory. Like there's a re like they've had these things for how long? 60, 70 years. They've known about this stuff. Yeah. Well, fifties with the alleged Roswell crash. Yeah. Fifties with the, yeah. yeah. So they just started just last year is when they admitted they have, uh, what did they say? Vehicles not made on this planet. Was that, yeah. Was that they didn't place? say UFOs. <laughs> they said yeah. we have vehicles not made on this planet. Right. They admitted this. Now, yeah. I think if this would have came out anytime before 2010, it would have been the biggest story that ever hit the world. Probably. <laughs> and, and we are sitting here talking about it yeah. and nobody else is talking about the fact that the United States government is admitting and showing video of interactions with UFOs. Right. Now, are they from another galaxy are they from another dimension are they from another country we don't know all we know is there has been interactions with these things that five five dudes from uzbekistan that made a really cool plane (laughs) yeah but it's (laughs) but it's like you know we have this stuff now i'm wondering if that's the, the that's the goal is we're they're easing out all right so hey man it you exists. It's, it, it exists this year, and in two years, maybe three years. Well, we just found this drive in this vehicle that will allow us to not have need gasoline, and we can put it in. It's just this one simple element, you know, and we can put it in the car, and it'll go. It, it could be. It, it could be. And, and right. I, I loved. I heard. Um, I think it was one of the military guys, and I don't remember who, but I, I read a quote. They showed it was I think it was like last week. They showed the footage that triangular looking object that right, the right, right. planes came across, I believe. And they got it was a ship. It was a ship. Hell is that? Yeah, it was a. It buzzed the the warship or whatever it was. Yeah, what? yeah. But they so they had this footage and you hear the dialogue going on in the background of their recording and that kind of stuff. And you know it's military guys and it's like, and one of the one of the military officials was quoted, I believe, and I, I love this quote because I've been I have been saying this for. 20 years and that is look man i don't know what is or is not out there i really don't but i think it's the epitome of arrogance to suggest that the only planet in all of what is out there in space and in in the galaxy and dimensions and everything he goes to, to think that ours is the only planet with intelligent life 
is just the epitome of arrogance. Yeah. I mean, that is, just, and, and I've said that for the longest time. Like, I don't know what is or is not out there, but to think that we're it of everything out there, we're the only one with, with, you know, thinking, speaking, communicating, productive beings. Come on, really? Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you, you know, it's, the thing is, Larry, is there are many on the left that would be like, look at this crazy kook. He's oh. buying into this conspiracy theory that the government is hiding technology. So, honestly, if you're going to throw a conspiracy theory at me, the notion of like, yeah, man, because of, you know, crash landings or whatever and, you know, stuff that they've gotten their hands on at this point, the notion of coming across a technology not native to our world that could, you know, be a, a fuel or powering source and that being kept on the DL. And that's why that, that is one of the conspiracy type theories that I could look at. And I say, yeah, I, I could see that actually. Yeah. So much of what gets put out there, I said, go, dude, get help. But that's not that implausible. That's not that implausible. And the notion of like starting to slow roll this stuff out there to kind of lay the groundwork to, for, yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I don't. But, it's just, it's, it's I, a working hypothesis. It's not even a theory. I, I say theory, but it's not even a theory. It's a hypothesis. No, it's the thought of like, what if, hmm, you know. Because we, we know how the government works. You know, we, we know that they think that they know better than we do what we can accept and what we can understand. So of they tend to, they in tend many to cases, put it up. Right, by the way, yeah. I think there, there, there is a large segment of our population that if they got a hold of discernible concrete evidence that we've had alien visitors, you know, for, uh, in, in our in our skies and maybe even on our turf, I, they would lose their ever minds and not be able to. But process Larry, that. we have it now. We have it. The government has admitted it. But yeah. it's, again, nobody is talking about this stuff. I nobody. Think I think that's going to be something that you'll get the big oh my god reaction when we get the oh my god reveal. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. One thing yeah. to show a little footage, it's one thing to kind of drop some hints and stuff. But when you get to here, look at this. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Yeah, they're they're crap. setting the and that's what I believe. I really believe they're setting the table. I, I that I won't disagree with you. I I think that's probably pretty sound thought right there. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Makes I think sense. that's a good place to end it on a weird note. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so um ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening hopefully you liked what you heard hopefully you agreed with me with what you heard not larry don't you don't want to agree with larry larry doesn't really want... you do want to agree with larry larry's in the center larry's correct <laughs> but hopefully if you did like it like the video do all that stuff i asked you to in the beginning become a member of freedom R, all that good stuff uh we love putting out this content it's it's a shame larry and i don't have to get a chance to do this more um i'd love to get them we're building a studio at the uh, at the office when that's done maybe we can do this more on a regular basis actually meet there because it's really not far from your house no um, I, yeah i'd love to i'd love so, to we, yeah, we need yeah. to do it more i need i want to get on some of the panels with some of the freedom wire people man i want to go toe-to-toe with them too yeah yeah that it'll be great i'm telling you let's start wearing t-shirts freedom freedom wire fears brandon that's <laughs> No, I, I, I think it's totally doable. We, we need more yes. people on there. Yes. Um, so thank you guys again. Thank you for listening. Um, all that good stuff. Larry, you have anything you want to say goodbye to the people with? Yes, yes. Hey, man, everybody tune in, educate yourselves, keep watching. Uh, we're we're going to do our best to put out more and more frequently, but thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. It's, it's good stuff. We always enjoy batting this stuff around. Love the fact that with Sean, I got 
a guy who knows what he's talking about, who cares, who's educated, and we can we can go back and forth. We don't always agree. I, I do think we end up some common ground more often than not. We, we you know, can acknowledge things. I think that's the important part. We don't have to see it the same way, but you got to be able to find that common ground, be able to work together, say, okay, yeah, I can live with that. And that that's kind of what kind of where we need to get to. So do yeah, it up. And I, I think that's why we started this, is we wanted to show yeah. that – yeah, we can work. We can we can make this work, guys. We yeah. can make this work. So, That's guys, good. thank you. Thank you for listening. As always, uh, remember, you are Americans. You have rebel blood coursing through your veins. Stay free and God bless you guys.